Welcome to the Fast Forward Podcast, a podcast series dedicated to answering the problems that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. I'm your host, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Today, we're going to talk about how to present and deliver a knockout presentation. Every entrepreneur needs to deliver presentations, whether that's to customers, suppliers, investors, basically how you can sell your business. But if the very, very thought of it actually makes your knees knock and your heart go at a million miles an hour, like mine often does, then today we're going to give you some tips that are going to help you smash that and walk into your next presentation with the confidence that you need to leave the audience with a positive lasting impression of both you and your business. Joining me today, I have a formidable pair. (laughs) We have Sarah Paris and Mary Myatt from Paris Myatt. Sarah is a former worldwide communication director for Rolls-Royce and Bentley Motor Cars, uh, some significant credentials there, whilst Marin is a journalist and former broadcaster who's worked with the BBC, Channel 4 and ITV, and you may recognise her voice as being the former broadcaster and presenter of Northwest Tonight. So welcome, ladies. Thank you very Thank much you. indeed. So I'm really excited to do this. And as I said to you before we started recording, I feel a bit intimidated because I have such a, <laughs> an amount of experience in the room with both you and also the producer, Sarah, there. Um, but really, we want to get cracked into this. Is, this is terrifying. I think most people would say that they would rather die than get up and do a public That's true. Uh, public mm, it's speaking. True. And it's so unnecessary, isn't it? Yeah, when you really, you know, once you get into it and you get the hang of it, then it does get a lot easier. But this is um, the series that's for entrepreneurs who are starting out, and they are in that very sort of nervy space. So we really want to break this down and help them give them the tips and the guides that they need to be able to do that effectively. So, Sarah, let's start with you. Whether the, the entrepreneur is presenting to a boardroom or is, if it's a speech to a big audience, you know, like where do you start? Well, for me, particularly for, for entrepreneurs who are starting their own business, it's really, really important to, before you even think about what am I going to say to this audience, what, what is my speech going to, to look like, it's thinking about actually what do you want to get across strategically hmm. um, because if you start right from the very beginning communicating about communicating your key messages about you if you're an individual um, entrepreneur or your business if you have a, a larger uh, SME um, it, it's about getting all of your company messages aligned so that whoever you're talking to, whether you're giving that formal speech or whether you're trying to sell to a new customer or whether you're talking to suppliers, whoever it is you're talking to, you're saying the same thing. Mm. Uh, And that really builds the reputation and the brand of your business. So think strategically. Um, And particularly when it comes to giving a presentation, if you thought through those key messages... Um, they're like a comfort blanket. Wherever you go, that is, that is what the key elements of what you're saying about your own business. So prepare. There is a, a, a pyramid that we take people through that obviously we don't have time to discuss here. But but think strategically and think about what what are those three, two or three key messages that you want to get across in that presentation. And that's what you mean when you say strategically, is that if we really break that down um, for people when you're saying think strategically, is like think about those key messages that you want to get across. Yeah, it's, so it's it it, it it's about because right, even what, thinking what strategically can scare people. <laughs> yes, it is. It's not. It's none of this is rocket science, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely none of it. I, I promise you, most of it is absolute common sense and practice and practice and practice. This is really about um, setting up the fundamentals of right at the end of that presentation. What would you like that audience to be repeating back to you about you or your mm. business or both? Yeah, that's what that's about. 
So how do you prepare, Marion? I know you're excellent at this, um, at this area. Like if, you know, when you're starting, so you've, got, you've decided what you want to say. How do you prepare and make sure that you're getting those messages across effectively? Well, I reckon there are probably two different types of preparation. There's the personal emotional preparation, the overcoming the fear, um, which I'll spend just a, a couple of seconds talking about. And, and then, if you like, Sarah can go through the kind of um, uh, content preparation because uh, if there were three things about a successful presentation we all know it's preparation 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 yeah so what about this personal preparation because the world perceives all of us as individuals in the same way that we perceive ourselves, and we're putting out all the time feelings about ourselves subliminally that other people are picking up so if we hate presentations if we're scared of doing them and you walk into the room somehow that will be picked up by your audience and then they won't want to be there and the whole ghastly circle just keeps on going around so we, we have to break that somewhere we've got to learn to actually enjoy communicating with people and talking with them and telling them about our business. So I would say there's two or three really simple, I mean, there's many more, but for today, there's two or three mm. really simple um, little things that you can think about that will help you with that personal presentation. And I would say the first is probably long before you get anywhere near the presentation, is jot down on a piece of paper or in your mind or, you know, whatever suits you, three words that you would like people to take away about you personally as a presenter at the end of that presentation. And it could be any I mean, it could be that you're compelling, it could be that you're authoritative, uh, it could be that you're warm, that's quite an important one if you're trying to get um, information over, it could be you're engaging, it could be you're focused, whatever three yeah. words. It could most... be, you could be funny, or yeah, you could be absolutely. Yeah, crazy. Or... Uh, totally. Yeah. Uh, but Just write decide. them down and then begin to focus on them because that will draw you together as you, as you go in. And talking about going in, um, Sarah and I are huge fans of a, a, a woman um, that your listeners might like to look up on YouTube called Amy Cuddy. Uh, she does TED Talks. And she put into words what we've been teaching for years. And it's a very simple mantra, and I can't recommend it too highly. Who's Amy Cuddy? Tell us a bit about her. She's a psychologist at Harvard who had a terrible, was it a road crash, Sarah, or a, a terrible accident in her youth, which mm. completely knocked her confidence. And she learnt by her own trial and error, really, how to come back from that. And she now talks about it very movingly in her TED Talks. But essentially what she's saying, and as I say, what we have believed for years, is that if you can't change your mind, if you can't conquer that fear, if you can't tell yourself not to be nervous, and it's really difficult, isn't it? Mm. What you can do is change your body instead, and your body will do the work for you. It's like you're checking it. Yeah. So what she's saying is our bodies change our minds, our minds change our behavior, and our behavior changes our outcomes. Now, in simple terms, what does that actually mean? It means that before you go into the presentation, stand upright, Take a deep breath, plant your feet apart, stick your hands on your hips, draw yourself up. In other words, you're striking a, an absurdly confident pose, which you wouldn't do in real life, yeah. but that will make you feel better and stronger. And it'll be your body telling your mind, you can do this. And it's just a little trick, but it really, really works. And probably the last thing I would say about personal presentation, you're just about to open the door and go into that presentation and you've, you've done the stance, you've told yourself you can do it, you're calming the nerves, they might not, not necessarily be absolutely calm, but if you've got a pen about you, try sticking it in between your teeth. Now, this isn't going to work on a podcast because <laughs> we haven't got any cameras, but I'm just going to have a go. Mm, there you are. 
stick that pen between your teeth and what happens is it moves your cheek muscles up into a smile and it comes back to what Amy Cuddy was saying about your body changing your mind. Your muscles are telling your mind that you're smiling and you just feel that tiny bit more smilier. Take the pen out and off you go. So it's almost like tricking your body to think that I'm smiling, so I must be happy. Mm. So what was that again? It's your bodies. Our bodies change our minds. Our minds change our behavior. And our behavior changes our our outcomes. And we say that over and over again, don't we? And the more you say it, the more true it becomes. Yeah, I I definitely probably do things like that, but wouldn't necessarily tie it together in that statement but yeah that the whole power pose you know breathe deep breathing mm-hmm. I wouldn't do necessarily do the pen one but I'll take that uh, <laughs> tip because um, I do I think one of the biggest challenges I have in like I'm happy to do it but sometimes you know those involuntary body uh, your heart racing and all that kind of thing kind of sometimes can take control so it's how do you take back control of your body and and, and dictate what, what what's going to happen well, I'm hoping in a, in a short while you'll ask us um, about details of overcoming nerves and we can we can cover it then. But breathing is absolutely critical. We definitely be covering that. And it's that. really interesting. <laughs> I've just started as my New Year's present to myself, singing lessons. And my singing teacher is absolutely confirming everything that Sarah and I have known and been teaching for years about how powerful breathing is to calm you down and strengthen you up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sarah, what about content? Because it's not just about looking great and coming across as authoritative if, if what comes out of your mouth is drivel. Yes, quite. Well, <laughs> it, it, you know, the key for us, the key is preparation, 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 mm. preparation. If you don't prepare, you know what's going to happen. Um, and so if you've got your, your body prepared, um, prior to that, it's getting the presentation prepared. So, it, and what, what a lot of people do is say, right, this is what I want to tell the audience well, do you know what? Maybe the audience isn't prepared already or want to, wanting to hear that. So think about what it is they want to hear or are able to hear as well as what it is you want to say. So on top of your three messages, what they want, what the audience actually wants to hear. Absol- know your audience. A- absolutely. Mm. Yeah. That's really, really important. Consider your audience because do you know what? If you stand up and talk for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, and they're not interested... All you're going to get is, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you'll see the tops of their heads as they're all on their phones, which I have to say is one thing that drives me nuts. So that's another matter. That is difficult, though, and in, in particularly now in, in today's, because yeah. you you do want people to be on their social and tweeting about whatever event that you're speaking about, and it's hard to tell if that's what they're doing <laughs> or whether they are totally disengaged. I find it very often. I even want to say, put down your phones. Well, listen to me. <laughs> sometimes we do. <laughs> Um, but there, there are actually other ways of doing that, um, and uh, and we'll come to that when we talk about how you captivate your audience and keep them listening to you. That's yeah. your job, is to keep them listening to you. We'll come to that in a minute. Anyway, back to practical preparation. So, um, different people have different ways of, of of managing the preparation process. For me, it's about writing down what you know, actually writing what it is I want to say. Standing up, reading it, sitting down, reading it, editing it, rewriting it. Um, Now, what I would suggest, unless you are an absolute novice, is if you possibly can, don't read from a script because it's boring for your audience. Um, If you can manage that down to cards and have a few points on each card... That's fantastic. Even Andy Burnham had a few cards last night at the yeah. GCHQ exam yeah, last you, night. 
Yes, you wouldn't expect anyone to go on without... I mean, very, very rarely do you see people going on with nothing, nothing at all. And those people, who, people who've been doing it for years and mm. years and years. So please don't um, put too much pressure on yourself. And if at first you do have to read from a script, okay, well then do it. But, but build in your own space to, to change things as you mm. go along. And um, present stories, maybe, to, yeah, that you d- know you don't need to read. Exactly, exactly. Um, so... Cue cards if you can. Um, Now, the next... We're taught this. I remember my kids when they were at primary school, they were told, you know, you have to prepare a presentation. What was the first thing they were told to do? Open PowerPoint. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Wrong thing to do. Only, only ever use PowerPoint for visuals. If you use it for words, guess what? People are going to be reading those words and not listening to a word you have to say. And the words up there will get their minds racing. So they see a few words and they're thinking, oh, what what about that? Well, that's interesting. And they're not actually listening to you, okay? Mm. So again, we come back to it's your job to get the audience to listen to you. And I've I've seen your presentations and I think... In the work that you've done for the workshops for us, it was the least amount of work we had to do on the slides because I think you just had a couple of funny pictures. I think that's yeah. all. Yeah, I think we have our, yeah. our, our yeah. name and, and that's and it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And actually, Sarah makes a really interesting point because sometimes it's worth asking yourself what your role as a presenter is. If you think your role as a presenter is simply to impart information, well, frankly, write it out on a piece of paper and email it to everyone and we can all go home. It's not. It's to breathe into it that humanity, to bring your own character into it, to, to, to be the human aspect. And so, just is it to entertain? Is yes, there, it is. Yes, one hundred percent. It's certainly to compel and to engage, isn't it? Being boring is an unforgivable sin as a presenter. <laughs> it is. And so, I mean, especially as entrepreneurs, ultimately, whoever you're talking to, in some way, your role is to sell them a product or a service that hmm. you are that you are offering. And if you're boring the pants off them, are they going to want to buy from you, frankly? Are they going to want to have anything to do with you? N- no, they're not. Um, so, uh, yeah, it is you, It is your job to engage your audience, however large or small that audience may be, you know, whether you're talking to one or two people or whether you're talking to one or 200, the, the same applies. Um, back to actually developing your presentation, it's very important that you have a, a, a beginning, a middle and an end. So basically, you start by telling them what you're going to tell them, how long you're going to tell them for, you know, how long you're going to be talking for, whether you're going to have questions at the end and so on, or whether you invite questions as you go along, as we always mm-hmm. do. Um, uh, and then tell them what it is you want them to hear and then have a very strong end. How many times we see people, you know, they come on and they're very, you know, have a great start and then they tell the story and then they go, oh, well, um, okay, well, thanks. Um, that's it. Bye, that's it. No, 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 no. Because what impression does that leave people with? Mm. You, it's really important that they walk out thinking, oh, wow, that was incredible. What an amazing presentation. So have that end very, very strong and tell them basically what you've told them and and one or two key points that you want them to walk out of their remembering. They will not remember everything that you... Don't expect them to, but if you, at the end, give them an action point, 
go to our website, yeah. read this book, whatever it is you want them to do, give me a call and we'll go out for coffee. Whatever it is, end with an action point. Yeah, and end like a call strongly. to action. Yeah, do this. call to I'll be action. At the, I'm at the back of the room, come and talk to me, yeah. or I'm at whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And actually, if you think about it, this business about um, telling people what you're going to tell them and what you've told them, it's not actually that different from my days as a newsreader. What happens on the news? You get mm. the news headlines to hook you in. And then at the end, you get the news headlines again so that you remember what it is you've just heard. It works. Uh, and if you are, by the way, just a quick tip, if, you're, if you are giving an actual presentation, get there early so you can have a look <laughs> at the venue. So many times we've seen people who, uh, I mean, one classic was a lady who obviously hadn't done her prep she walked up to the lectern and she was a very short lady and all you could see was the top of her head <laughs> so do have a look and, and make sure that you're you feel comfortable with the venue yeah. that you're in don't think i'll ever have that particular problem no you <laughs> i might yeah, um and the other thing a lot of people ask us about is dressing. How do I dress? Well, that depends on, again, what your audience expectations are. Some people say, well, it doesn't matter. I do what I like. Well, that's mm. fine, but... Know your audience. You know, no, do know your audience, because if you w- walk in dressed like a student and they're expecting a business person, mm. well, we've got a mismatch there. So just think about it. That's um, all part of sort of first impressions. It is, it, it is, and, and that is the important thing, is that the great thing is that first impressions we make our first impressions within three to five seconds so that means great you've only got to impress for three to five seconds initially (laughs) i mean clearly when you're presenting you have to impress for the whole time but that just means those first impressions will be set immediately yeah so i guess what you're saying there is that doesn't matter how powerful you walk into the room or how confident you feel you're coming across if you are not dressed for the occasion and people are making assumptions on you as you walk on stage in terms of how you look. Yeah, they, you've, you've maybe lost your audience straight away. Yes, yeah, I, I, and I, I have um, experienced that with people. I, you know, I'm going to carry on dressing as I am, and they dress like a student and were going into governmental meetings mm. and weren't being taken seriously and mm. couldn't understand why. It's probably a very topical one for the tech industry because it is very relaxed in terms of its dress code. I mean, at my background, I'm from you know, 10, 15 years of professional services before I came into tech. And certainly it was a, it was a big eye-opener coming in and I had to literally dump my wardrobe. <laughs> 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 I moved across here. I, just, I actually just threw out my last suit at Christmas because it's been in there. I kept it as a just-in-casey because you never know when you need a <laughs> <Yeah>. suit. <laughs> and I just looked at it and I was like, that's been in there for two years. I, it just needs to go. Just out it goes. But you can be professional without... Yeah, yeah going through the without traditional... Without too formal. yeah. Yeah. You, you absolutely can, but I think it's also worth saying that while you should think very carefully about what you're wearing, it's critically important, particularly if you're new to presenting, to be comfortable. Mm. So don't go out and buy that flash new outfit, which is just a teeny bit too tight. The shoes are just a teeny bit uncomfortable yeah. because you won't be focusing. You'll be focusing on what's hurting. My feet hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than on your presentation. Uh, so and we have comfort that coming, is important. Yeah, coming back to short people, we have had women who think it's important to, to be a bit taller, to have that stature. You don't need height to have stature i promise you Mm. um and if you're not used to wearing high heels for example and you come in in high heels Mm. the likelihood is you're going to fall a over t and it's you know it's all going to go to hell in a handcart so yeah be comfortable what are the things that should people be thinking about in terms of first impressions i think you guys have a couple of um, really key 
I think personally, following on from what Sarah was just saying about how you're trying to impress within the sort of first three to five seconds, Mm. and she said it's very easy. And actually, it is very easy. Most people get it very badly wrong because if you're feeling nervous, you have to introduce yourself. And most of us throw away our own introductions because either we don't have the confidence or we're nervous. So we say, hello, I'm Merrin from Paris Marat. Now, what I'm going to talk to you about today is... Did anyone hear who I was or what I do? And more importantly, did they think that I was authoritative and competent and worth spending time with? So an introduction is a very simple thing to do. All you have to do, having put that smile on your face, good morning, my name is Merrin. Merrin Myatt, and I'm a partner with Peris Myatt. And do you notice that I've not only spoken, I hope, clearly, but I've also slowed it down a little bit because I want my audience to get who I am, to accept that I'm going to be in charge of them for the next 20 minutes or so. And simply by saying that, I fulfilled the first, what, five to ten seconds by being impressive without even trying. It couldn't be easier, really. And no. breathing. I heard your breathing, yeah. knowing that. But we'll come on to that in a second. Yes. But yeah. The the other point which is hugely underestimated but so, so important, and for me, one of the most important parts of communicating is eye contact. So when you're doing that that introduction, if you're not making eye contact, um, you're not communicating, you're not having that connection, and people say, well, yes, but if I'm presenting to 20 people, how can I? We reckon that actually if we're giving a five, ten-minute presentation to 50, 60 people, it is possible in that time to make eye contact with every single one of them. So this, we, coming back to engaging your audience, this is a really, really good way of engaging your audience is to use that eye contact. Because And, and another point you mentioned earlier about, you know, what do you do about the phones? Mm. You make eye contact. Um, and if you put that in with a pause, which we'll come back to and look at somebody... They will look up and they'll see you looking at them and, and they will re-engage with you. Andy Burnham did it on me last night. Oh, did he? <laughs> convinced he did. He probably wasn't looking at me, but I'm pretty sure he was. I was like, Funny, yes. sorry, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was halfway back too. Oh, it's, it is amazing. You can make eye contact with somebody whose eyes you can't even quite see because mm. you're looking in their direction. I think, oh, they're, look, they're looking at me. They're, I better pay attention. Um, so, yeah, make that eye contact. And it's, it, it's also a way of building a relationship, mm. building a rapport with somebody without actually speaking one-to-one. But certainly, if you're in a smaller group, you make sure whether... You know, if, if it's the chief executive and some, some other people who you consider to be minions still make that eye contact with every single one of them on a regular basis. Because I promise you, if you make that eye contact, you can get them their attention back. I'm trying very hard here, but actually... And I got him. Sorry, I was just having a little game here with our tech chat. Poor Jamie. And yes, Jamie, I've got Busted. him back eventually. <laughs> so eye contact, very, very important. Which... Poor Jamie. <laughs> which which kind of brings us around to breathing, the yeah. subject that you simply cannot ignore when you're talking about presentations. And for me, breathing properly has two really important functions. Um, the first is clearly the sort of physiological yeah. function. Not dying. It, not dying. <laughs> You'd be amazed, actually, when we do our media training, particularly with very senior executives, how we have to say to them at the beginning of a mock interview, don't forget to breathe because mm. they are so nervous and apprehensive and they so want to get their key messages and one thing and another that like I'm doing just now they forget to breathe and then eventually they have to take 
an enormous breath and off they keep going again, <laughs> which is clearly not, not really what we want. But the important thing about breathing is twofold. The first is, of course, it gets rid of CO2 out of your lungs and it brings in oxygen. And that in turn fires the brain, which is what you want. And it slightly relaxes the muscles, which is what you want. And if, you're, if you practice your breathing, you can eventually begin to do that biofeedback thing on your heart. It does take a bit of practice, but it what will, do you mean? What it is will slow the heart down. Well, if you, if you can sit in, uh, in a relaxed but upright way and breathe in and out for quite a considerable um, uh, amount of time at home, but not hyperventilating, you can begin to hear your heartbeat and by breathing properly actually begin to make it slow down just a little bit. People, I don't get too excited, people have been practicing this all their lives, I have to say. So there's the physiological side, but as far as being a presenter is concerned, Sarah and I feel really passionate about this. The most important thing about breathing is it helps you play with your voice. How many times have you been to a presentation where the presenter didn't really want to be there and was talking in a complete monotone as fast as they possibly can because the quicker they get it over and done with, the sooner they can go home, we can all have a cup of tea and that's the end of the presentation. And it is so dreary. So when I say play with your voice, I do mean it. You sometimes want to go right up there if something's really exciting. And if there's something really serious, sometimes you want to go right down there. And sometimes (laughs) you want to talk really, really fast. And sometimes you really want to slow down. I feel like you're reading the news to me, (laughs) Mary. Or even... Sometimes you don't want to say anything at all because you're, you're not playing with your audience, but you are managing them you're, and, and you're making the whole presentation more interesting to hear. You can't do any of those things if you don't have air in your lungs because you just run out of speed. And very often people say, oh, but I have a terrible problem. I talk too fast. Everybody tells me I talk too fast. I know I talk too fast. It's something I can't do anything about and I need to slow down. And do you know what? Most of the time, it's not that they talk too fast. It's that they're not breathing properly. They're breathing so shallowly, little tiny breath <laughs> up here, that you can't get enough words out. So if, if your listeners want to practice in an ideal world, we'll never get there, but hey, let's mm. practice. We want to have one sentence or one idea, one sentence, one breath. And what that really means is take a nice deep breath. And now I'm going to tell you something terribly interesting. And another breath. And now I'm going to tell you something else terribly interesting. And another breath. And now I'm going to tell you something else terribly interesting. Now, I'm exaggerating slightly for effect, but you take my point. If you've got plenty of air in your lungs, then you can change the pace, the tone, the cadence, the style, which makes people want to listen to you. And actually, it is breathing that enables you to do a very important thing, and that's to work your audience. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It is your job to work the audience, however big or small they are. Um, And if you can't breathe properly, it's very, very difficult to do that. Um, So in terms of of tips for working your audience, we mentioned already, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you've told them. Um, Make it interactive. Why put all the burden on your shoulders? Um, Throw questions out there. If it's more formal and it's not the kind of place where you can have interact, literal interaction, then throw out rhetorical mm. questions. You know, start the, start the presentation. Oh, my good gracious, who else got stuck in that dreadful um, accident on the M6? Which, of course, is a daily occurrence for most of us. <laughs> um, and it makes them feel, oh, hang on, here's a human being rather than somebody who is presenting at me. Um, Take that weight off your shoulders. Um, get other people involved. Get them thinking. You know, throw them a question to think about, and then stop 
and let them think about it. Um, now, your job is also to constantly scan your audience, see who is checking out. Jamie, no, he's back with me now. Um, and uh, and if they are, it's your job to bring them back in. Now, the 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 most powerful way to get an audience to listen to you, something Marin mentioned just a sec- few seconds ago, is to just say nothing for a few seconds. That's all it takes for everybody to think, oh, what have I missed? Am I back in school? You know, um, the teachers asked me a question and I don't know what the question was because I wasn't really listening. Jamie is like a very mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> so see who's checking in and out. And that is one very good way. And that, along with eye contact, silence and eye contact will get people back. And the other thing is, you know, people think presentation. Oh, my God, I'm going to a presentation. I've got to make a presentation. Absolutely not. It's a presentation. Make it fun. Make it fun for you, and guess what? Then your audience will have fun as well. And a word that is thoroughly overused but is very appropriate is is passion, or if you prefer, enthusiasm. Which I think entrepreneurs have in bucket loads of Absolutely. But I think the challenge they have is that breakdown between the passion they have about what they're doing, that's the reason they're doing it, and getting that across. Well, if it, okay, let me change that slightly and say, okay, if you were if if that entrepreneur was in the pub with their mates having a pint and mm. they were just chatting about their business, would they have an issue with it? No, they wouldn't. Mm. So it's it's they just need to think about it. It's it that just way. thinking about it in terms of this is just a conversation, and it's an opportunity. What people often forget is actually what are the benefits to me of going to do this presentation oh my gosh, I could get some new business, I could get some new clients. So if you think about it in terms of the benefits and think about it in terms of what will these people, how will they respond and react if I am passionate and enthusiastic rather than monosyllabic, monotone and boring? Well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? If you're you're boring, you're definitely not going to get anything. But if you're super enthusiastic and interesting and Mm. funny and all those entertaining, then you may or you may not, but it's still the same. But, but in fact, your entrepreneurs starting out should have a terrific advantage because over the years that we've been helping very senior executives uh, face the media, we've learned, well, we've learned a number of things. But one of the things we've particularly learned is the higher up the corporate ladder you go, the more you believe, generally speaking, the more you believe that you have to talk corporate gobbledygook and that you have to be terribly corporate and buttoned up. Now, yeah. your um, listeners, who I believe are sort of generally st- uh, you know, younger mm-hmm. startups, they don't have this problem. So don't feel that you have to talk formally and corporate gobbledygook. This is going back to, to, to being passionate. Um, because the higher up the scale you go, the more the passion disappears. So the passion goes downwards and the corporate gobbledygook goes upwards. And we spend a lot of our time trying to get senior executives just to talk like normal human beings so your we guys, should put them at the startups yeah, your guys and girls will be doing really well they don't they shouldn't um try and straitjacket themselves by feeling they have to talk corporately just let their their passion and their enthusiasm out and they'll do brilliantly there's something about being yourself in that is it? oh most definitely and it's about being yourself but it's about being your best self we're not asking people to perform but we are asking people to be a hundred percent of their best selves yeah, aren't we? 110% yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say I used to find when I was reading the news that I would come off some nights and think oh I went a bit over the top there and I'd watch the playback and in fact it just seemed 
passionate and engaged. And there's, there's something about giving presentations, not just on the telly, but in real life as well, that your, your character is slightly diminished by talking to 100 people. So you do have to up it a little bit, but still within the bounds of your own natural personality. So yes, you are, you are slightly giving a performance, but it's, it's no different from just being your very best self. Authenticity is what it's about. Yeah, you that's have to the key. Be yourself, but more than your very best self when you're presenting. Can I just come back to one thing that we forgot to mention earlier on? Now, this is um, more difficult when you've got a large audience and a more formal presentation, but certainly for entrepreneurs who um, are starting up and maybe going into smaller meetings, uh, presenting to, to, to clients and so on, one of the actions that is... Um, hugely, hugely underrated these days is the handshake. <laughs> really, really important. Mm. Why do we not do that so much anymore? It's a great way of actually reaching out to somebody. And what you're saying is, look, I'm here physically, I'm reaching out to you. Um, and uh, we can't do it here because this isn't visual, but, but there are ways of actually using the handshake to bend people to your will. That's another extreme, but come... It, if and not are, by crushing their knuckles. No, <laughs> no, no that's, that's the not skill. <laughs> yeah, it is important that you have it. It, it, that, it comes back to first impressions again. Part of that first impression is the handshake because how long do we remember the handshakes that, that's like Ugh. the. The, oh, the slimy the, wet the, fish. The, yeah, the wet limp letters, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's horrible. And do we, want to, to, do we want to interact with that person? Do we want to buy their business or service? Actually, probably not. But do we want the bone crusher? No, no, we don't. We don't, we don't want, want that, that one either. either. <laughs> um, and so it's it, it, it's part of that being confident, showing that you're confident is having a, a, a firm handshake. But you know, don't don't get into the it's, politics of putting <laughs> oh, your hand yeah. on top of the other person's arm and all that. Those but silly isn't games. It, isn't it but, strange how a gesture that takes what maybe three seconds can leave such an impression in our minds and and it does it leaves an impression of competence if as as sarah says it's a, a sort of moderately firm one but a, uh, it leaves an impression of massive incompetence if it's one of those weak feeble hmm. slimy wet fish ones yeah so <laughs> use the handshake far more often than we do these days it's it, it can give a fantastic first impression can we expand on that a little bit? Because we did actually talk to Naomi um, temporarily um, when we had our chat about sort of networking and making connections and that kind of sort of one-to-one. Um, hugs, kisses, handshakes, you know, where does all of that fit in, in your view? Well, for, for me, uh, it's read the situation, read the person. I agree. Really, really important that, that you learn to read people. Um, there is nobody in 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 this in 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 this country that wouldn't be quite happy to give a handshake. Yeah, there it's are like your people, safety place. Exactly. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who don't feel comfortable with hugs, and you can you can gauge that almost instantly. Actually, mm. um, would I automatically go and hug people? Like who, we all had a great hug downstairs. We have, yes, yeah, yeah. we, we do. You know, and you know, you, you know that there are corporate norms. Mm. Uh, you know that you know some organizations yeah. where they actually are corporately far more um formal uh, and others which are uh, uh, less formal mm. and, and you feel more comfortable in, in having mm. that but but yeah if if you see somebody coming toward if if 
Sorry, if you go towards somebody and you see them, ooh, quickly leaning back, just just yeah. Go for, for me, the there's a very very simple rule: is that if you're uncertain, is that no one was ever offended by not being hugged. Yeah. But they might be offended by being hugged if you're too quickly too familiar. Yeah. But you very soon, as Sarah said, gauge people, and most most people don't mind hiss- hisses and hugs. <laughs> hisses and hugs once they know you. <laughs> No, actually, let's just touch on that very quickly. So what happens if that happens in a presentation? Ah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Because you've just done it and that can happen. And what did I do? I laughed. I mean, unless your presentation is about death, which frankly is pretty unlikely, I would simply laugh. The thing that most people fear most about presentations is will I dry up or will I make a mistake? Well, actually, I almost wish that they would quite early on because nobody... What, make a mistake? Yeah. dry up? (laughs) Both, because nobody dies. Uh, To go back to Sarah's analogy, if you were in a pub with your mate and you did a spoonerism as I just did then or your brain ran dry, would you sit there and go, oh my goodness, I don't know what to say next? Of course you wouldn't. You'd laugh, you'd joke, you'd change the subject, you'd ask a question, whatever. It's just it's it's not an issue but it's become an issue in people's minds Mm. but i would say actually it's a good thing to do Mm. because what that says to the audience is here's somebody who's just a human being who does what i do they forget what they're saying oh my gosh that happens more and more often these days (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, so you absolutely run with it because that just says here's a here's a human being they're not a polished presenter because there is an extreme you can go to where you are too polished and people just think slick and too slick and let's say you're in a very formal presentation which where it's a bit more difficult to be laughy and smiley and you're very nervous and your brain has absolutely hit the buffers you just can't remember what it was that you wanted to say next what do you do then well actually sarah's already hinted at it earlier on you can ask an actual or a rhetorical question to the audience which is perfectly normal and acceptable and then while somebody is answering your brain's getting back on track it's, Sarah was so right when she said it's about spreading the load. You shouldn't put all the pressure of a presentation on your own shoulders. In fact, I personally would like to ban the word presentation. I'd like to change it to conversation because that's mm. all a good presentation mm. is, is it's a really brilliant, informed conversation between two or more people. Yeah, I like that uh, trick because that does happen, you know, whether you've got cue cards or not, you can just lose your place. Mm. And you do just need a little bit of time to... um, to, There you go, it's just happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're laughing and we're laughing it off. There you go, listeners. Um, But yes, the rhetorical question. Is there any other tips in that kind of space um, that you could offer or suggest? Or is that really the... Like, that's the killer one to do? Well, I think it's it's, it's either that one or it's what we've all done this afternoon, which is to acknowledge. You just go, are you all still listening? Yes, yeah. (laughs) Are you listening? Or, goodness me, my brain's just hit the buffers. What was I saying? Oh, yes, of course. And you're off again. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy, once you've tried it. (laughs) If you you think it through before you go on or go in to the meeting, whatever it is, and actually just remind yourself that it does not matter. Really, Mm. it does not matter. It's just human nature. We all do it. We're not operating on people. We're not not robotic, (laughs) you know. And people don't yeah. want to listen to robots. They want to listen to yeah. humans. And I, that's another technique. It's again going back to those techniques to controlling your nerves because it's actually nerves I, I find that make me forget. You know, cause you, you may have you could have nailed it the day before or the morning off, and then you go up and stand in front of fifty or hundred people, and then you, you lose bits of it. 
um, and that comes back to nerves. So it's another trick, I guess, to help sort mm-hmm. of calm the nerves. What other, we've talked about breathing, we've talked about sort of those pausing and is there other sort of nerve because everybody's different aren't they some people are audio some people are visual some people are muscle muscle stretching not during your presentation (laughs) obviously but before you some lunges can can work enormously and and obviously it depends on everybody's different body Mm. Um, but I personally stretch out arms and then stretch fingers as wide as I possibly can partly it takes your mind off what it is that's making you nervous but also it does um, um, relax those muscles again which just imparts a sense of of um, confidence I suppose. Mm. Yeah and the other of course the, the the main part of your body which freezes up first is is, is your face mm. yeah so um, if you I'm these are all terrible you, tips for audio yeah, they? yeah they are <laughs> terrible yeah but but uh, you'll be able to hear it if you just literally <laughs> just just mm. massage your face a little before you go on and get the lips moving get everything squish it and yeah. then stretch it squish it then stretch it just get those muscles working because we all know what it's like if 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 we go out for a walk and we get cold and all our muscles freeze mm. you mm. can't suddenly do a 100 yard sprint can you yeah showing my age 100 meter sprint um so again get those muscles working yeah yeah because if you try to do that you seize up exactly yeah. exactly warming right. up exactly. warming up warming good up. athletic yeah 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 uh, suggestion so you both um have a stellar careers and you've now built your consultancy together so you're doing media training for a a phenomenal range of of clients but you must have seen some some significant funny or tragic um pitfall you know uh, faux pas that some people have made (laughs) over the years i think so we do love we do love a tragedy (laughs) on this show so my favorite one is well known to a certain generation of people but probably to youngsters less well known Uh, i don't know if they will have heard the name of gerald ratner <laughs> but he used to own. Uh-huh. He was a multi-millionaire. Poor Jamie doesn't know. So. Uh, and he used to own a chain of jewellery shops. Hugely successful entrepreneur. And he was talking. He was giving a presentation as he thought to friends, as he thought in a in a private forum. And he started dissing his own products. And somebody asked him about the price of, of um, a, I think it was a, a silver tray with silver cups on it. It was. And he said, it's utter crap. It costs less than a prawn sandwich and probably doesn't last as long. And needless to say, there were journalists in the audience, which he should have thought about. It was all over the press the next day. And within a few months, his company had gone bust because he had insulted his customers with what he thought was a joke. And people feel they do have to build jokes into presentations. And unless you're a natural, gifted comedian, it is not a terribly good idea anyway. But never, ever, ever <laughs> diss your products because you are disrespecting your customers. Yeah, yeah. we had another one. Um, or your audience, you yeah. know, making jokes uh, you yes. know, on, beh- on somebody else's expense, I think, is another mm. one. Yes, if, if you're not funny, <laughs> don't, don't try to do be. It. It's not the place to try and be funny. You know, you see it so often, people in best man speeches. Oh, yeah. Just it's excruciating. don't do it. It's just not, it, it's not authentic. Yeah, yeah. that's it. So if you're not funny, don't try to be. Um, and the other thing, we, we had a, um, a client, and obviously we won't name any names whatsoever, but um, they did a, a, a five-minute, that's all we need, three, five minutes before we can assess somebody fully. And at the end of it, we both looked at each other and looked at him, I just said, you know, that was absolute crap. I haven't got the faintest clue what you're saying. <laughs> Not a clue. And he stopped and looked at us and said, oh, oh 
you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely, and he was talking complete corporate, I won't swear again, nonsense. He was talking corporate nonsense. And he was, because he was so full of his own self-importance, mm. um, that he was just basically talking to himself and he hadn't considered the fact that we hadn't a clue what he was saying. Acronyms. <laughs> yes. oh, oh. All over the place, yes, yeah. So again, he, he, he was being too clever. And what is your advice for people that are to find themselves in that kind of place where they've maybe, they're listening to this now and they're probably looking at their presentations going, oh no, I've, for this is full of words that people don't understand. What's your advice to them? Read it or, or send it to somebody that is completely outside your mm. area of business. Mm. Send it to a mate, to, a, yeah. to your auntie, to, to your niece, whoever. Send it to somebody and say, does this make sense? Yeah. Um, because it, it's really, really important that what you're saying is understandable. And if you're talking in acronyms and corporate jargon, it, it won't be. And you might understand what you're talking about, yeah. but if your audience doesn't, well, you, you're wasting your breath. I did, a, I did the um, training with the STEM ambassadors and they force you to um, introduce yourself and what you do as if you're talking to an 11-year-old. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. It's it is. Yeah. Really it hard. is. But in fact, Sarah's advice takes it one step further because you can think that you've um, brought your level down to that of an 11-year-old, mm. but you may not have done... You know, they always say that the worst person to ask for um, driving directions to get to their house is someone who knows where mm -hmm. it is that they live because they're so used to their surroundings, they forget to tell you all the landmarks. And I, I've long... Well, I've, Unless you're Irish, and then they only <laughs> give you landmarks. That <laughs> yeah, that's true. Have you seen Paddy Joe? He's got the big... <laughs> but people who give big driving instructions know too much about the road, and they forget to tell you the important mm. things. It's exactly the same with with um, uh, presentations. And in when we're uh, media training, Sarah and I listen to, as you can imagine, an awful lot of gobbledygook. And, and we learned very quickly not to be embarrassed and just to say, I'm sorry, what does that mean? And what does yeah. that mean? Everybody else in the room knows. But our value is that we don't and we point out that we don't. <laughs> I think there's one, uh, there's one I'll give for you guys. I think you'll find it funny, but it might find it. Look up on YouTube, uh, John Joe Satnav. It's an Irish, an Irish version <laughs> which actually doesn't work in Ireland, by the way, because there's no postcodes. <laughs> uh, I've loved, loved talking to you guys, um, but I know that you guys have a very busy schedule today. So um, I want to sort of just talk to you about sort of the, what are the five key tips that if you wanted people to take away, this is your great ending. Um, uh -huh. You know, so let's, uh, you know, deliver what we've uh, just spent our last 30 minutes talking about. So what are your five well, key takeaways? What is your call to action for all awesome presentations <laughs> from here on in? The flippant answer is prepare, 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 prepare and prepare. And actually, as ever, we are as one because that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. If you don't prepare your strategy, your body, your mm. script, your your delivery, mm. you will fail. So Mayan's yeah. absolutely right. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Those things, prepare, I'll say it again, prepare your strategy. What are the key messages you want to yeah. get across? Prepare your body so that you're physically capable of giving the very best that you can. Prepare your script, your, present, your presentation. Um, prepare the delivery. And always finish on a very strong ending. Like, <laughs> prepare to enjoy it! Yes, exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> I would 100% agree with everything that you said. And I think that comes from bad experience where I've done presentations where I haven't prepared and just died an awful death. So if you're an entrepreneur listening and you've just had that horrendous experience and you're wondering to know how you can turn that around, hopefully some of these tips that uh, the ladies have shared with us today will help you. If you're preparing yourself for your first pitch to your first investor, hopefully this means that you'll smash it and experience some more success. Um, we'll have this up in iTunes. We'd love to hear your um, feedback and thoughts. And if you've any more questions around presenting or public speaking or confidence, um, both myself and the ladies, we'd love to hear from you. We'd be happy to answer those. So please do leave your reviews on iTunes and, of course, SoundCloud as well, where you'll find us. Um, but hopefully those nerves are uh, a little less at the end of this, uh, uh, this talk and you will get a better night's sleep. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.